Welcome, friends. You are listening to the Mind Body Alchemy podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Miramontes. This is where intuition meets education in the realms of spirituality, fitness, mindset, and more, all to create lasting change. Welcome to the podcast, and thanks so much for being here. If you are brand new, welcome, welcome. I'm so happy you're joining us. If you have been here before, welcome back. The doors to Unstuffed are officially closed, but don't worry, we aren't going anywhere. You can still get started on the tools that help you make peace with food and your body right away. All you have to do is go to the show notes and take the diet personality type quiz, learn about your unique obstacles, and use the tools we give you for free to start changing your life. All right, in this series of episodes, we're talking about why intentional weight loss is so damn hard. And it all started from the question, does intentional weight loss even work? And today we're going to talk about weight loss being complex and feeling confused. One of the reasons why some experts and people say that intentional weight loss doesn't work and why they have a lot of research to back it up is because weight loss is complex. There are too many things we can't control. Well, it's not complex in that we all know what causes weight to be put on and we know what takes it back off. If you eat more than your body needs, you gain. If you eat less than your current body needs to maintain its size, then you lose. But there is a series of reactions that happen when losing or gaining weight, and I'm going to simplify them. They are more complex than I'm going to describe on a podcast. This is not a biology class. And there are lifestyle considerations, and there are traditions, cultures, your belief in yourself, your ability to follow through and execute, your stress level, sleep, and all these other elements that contribute to your ability to consistently execute the behaviors that are going to help you shed the weight. And because what most people do is take approaches that require you to change a lot all at one time and usually are so extreme that people burn out and quit, but they don't just quit. When they quit, they pick up some disordered eating habits and behaviors along the way. They become more confused and afraid of specific foods. They have new food rules to follow. And when they aren't following them, then they feel guilty for not following them and the fear of the consequences of all of that. Because everything they try seems to be really hard to execute consistently. And it seems to be so far away from what they're used to or even what they enjoy about food and their life and their lifestyle. They start to believe that the only way to make any kind of progress is to make these massive changes. It's very defeating. And so when people talk about intentional weight loss being a problem, what we're doing is weighing the pros and cons in a lot of ways. And the cons are pretty high, especially around the culture of weight loss that we have right now. Whereas a strategy where you are just trying to live your best life and take care of your health, there are a lot of pros to that. So I do understand the argument. The problem with the massive changes is that in order to make massive changes in your behavior and multiple behaviors, you have to be in a pretty desperate space or highly motivated and driven to change, usually by some external source of motivation, which is not generally sustainable long-term. 
So it seems like weight loss is impossible because the way that people have usually lost weight is through a lot of restriction, deprivation, excessive amounts of hunger, impossible rules to follow, and an expectation that it will be this linear journey of, let's say, weighing 250 pounds, then losing weight and getting down to 180 pounds, and that weight coming off with no physical or emotional consequences, and that it'll do it week by week in a way that rewards your brain as you watch the scale drop. But that's not how the human body works. And if you don't know how the human body works, it leads to a lot of frustration when you're not losing weight or not consistent with executing the behaviors you started. And you make it mean something's wrong with you, but nothing is wrong with you. And there may not even be anything wrong with the behaviors that you're choosing to execute for weight loss. But there's a fallacy to the saying that weight loss happens in the kitchen. It's not about the food. It's not about your metabolism. It's not about discipline, willpower, or having the right macronutrients. It's not about counting your fiber or eating clean or eating organic foods. Well, there are elements of most of those things to a degree, but intentional weight loss is mostly about the way that you think. So you can see why there's an argument that intentional weight loss doesn't work because the research doesn't really show that it works long-term for hardly anyone, and that's why it's so frustrating. The assumption is that because of all of these things that need to be considered, the average person is basically too dumb or ill-informed to figure it out and do it. And because it isn't being explained to people in the right way and expectations are absolutely unrealistic... And there isn't the right support out there for most people. We are leading people down a path that supports that idea that it's not only impossible to lose weight, but that anytime you do try to intentionally lose weight, you will end up with a disordered eating pattern, potentially an eating disorder, and you'll end up getting more and more weight gain after the diet is over. All of that has been proven to be very true for many people, for most people, in fact, and it's common results from dieting. And that's the important piece from dieting, the very limited scope of here are a bunch of rules to follow. Please follow them and you will be successful and happy for the rest of your life. No problem. All you need is all the discipline and willpower in the world to shut down every thought in your brain and just execute, execute, execute. Well, best of luck. None of us are doing that shit. Just because that's the common result from dieting does not mean that another result isn't possible or safe. It just means that when you blame food alone, you're going to be in trouble. When you blame metabolism alone, you're going to be in trouble. When you blame calories alone, when you blame the quality of food that you're eating or saying that processed food is being bad or is bad for you, or any of these other diet rules individually, you're going to be in trouble. It is such a small piece of the puzzle when you ask people to change everything about who they are and how they interact with food, the results are abysmal and freaking depressing. What it does though is create an environment where you become afraid of food, you're in a terrible relationship with your body and what it looks like, and you become obsessed with the scale, with body checking, you're always worried about what your next decision will be, and will your next decision be the thing that takes you over the top and all the Jenga tower pieces are going to come tumbling down? You'll be off your diet, and you'll be gaining whatever weight you've lost right back. It's almost as if you can't be trusted to learn how to take care of yourself, your body, and make new decisions over time that would add up to shedding additional weight from a place of love and care. But you can be trusted 
to learn these things, but they're skills. They aren't inherent. They certainly aren't intuitive. Maybe at one time, things were much more intuitive. Maybe at one time, we knew how to do things without much thought. But now, food is available everywhere. Food is abundant in very large sizes. Most of us have food in our pantries that is way too much. A lot of food gets wasted. Restaurant portions are enormous. So it isn't just about what can we do on an intuitive level. And it isn't just about what rules can we follow to override all of that. We have to look at where we are and what is in our environment so that we can create a system for ourselves that feels like love and care and not obsession and struggle and frustration. And the road to get there might include a little bit of struggle and obsession and frustration, I will admit, but that is only because your brain has been trained to treat all of this food stuff the same way as it does when you start a new diet. It's dangerous, it's a little bit shiny, it's a little bit exciting, and you're hanging your self-worth on the outcome, whether or not you're able to achieve it, and how it's supposed to make you feel. That's the wrong way to go, my friend. We are taught that our looks contain our value and that our size is something that can tell others about whether or not we are morally superior, but that only creates desperation. It creates a timeline, unrealistic expectations, and a lot of frustration. The word of this podcast, I think, is frustration. The weight always comes back and it brings extra because of the biological components of weight loss. Because it just can't be sustained from a place of needing to change in order to earn your worthiness. And I often say to people that you can't change a body sustainably from this place of hate. And I stand by that. But that is not why these changes are so unsustainable. At least that's not a standalone reason. Of course, this factors in, but there's a biological shift that happens when you eat less than your body currently needs to maintain its today size your metabolism slows down. So even if you feel like you have plenty of extra weight to shed, you don't get to escape the metabolic consequences or responses to eating less food. It slows down. And when I talk about metabolism, you might be thinking of it as this magical machine inside people's bodies that burns fat. And if it's fast, it burns up all your fat. And if it's slow, it makes weight gain really easy. And all you have to do is think about food and you're up 10 pounds. And it's just this mysterious part of your body that performs based on whether or not you got lucky. I know it can seem that way and the diet industry has packaged and sold it that way, but that is not really how metabolism works, though some people are a little bit on the quote unquote lucky side and they have less effort required to maintain their weight. That is a pretty small part of everything else that is going on. When you start to lose weight, your metabolism slows down a little bit in order for your body to conserve energy and allow your body to tap into this stored energy for fuel. Your stored energy is otherwise known as your body fat. It wants to do this in a safe way. I mean, if we're really being honest, it doesn't want to do it at all, but not because weight loss is unsafe. It's because your stored energy got stored for a reason. Your body's job is to keep you alive. And because energy hasn't always been available in the same way that it is today for people, we haven't really caught up to the abundance of energy available. And so your body just stores it. It's like, oh, good. We have a lot of energy available and around. We're going to go ahead and keep storing it and keep storing it. We're just going to expand in order to continue to store this energy. 
And any lack of energy can kind of feel like death. (laughs) It can kind of feel like, hey, why is there all of a sudden less energy available? Is there something bad happening? Is more and more energy going to be taken away from me? And so even though logically, you know, you can just go to the grocery store or the drive-thru or around the corner to the gas station to grab more energy. Your brain doesn't know that. It doesn't give a shit about your weight loss goals. It just wants to know why something is different. And so it slows down. It slows your movements down a little bit. It slows your burning down a little bit. And this is very healthy and safe. It's what your body is meant to do in order to conserve some of the energy that it has stored. Your hormones will slow down a little bit. And there's a good reason for that too. Your body just wants to stay alive. And you have at one point communicated to your body that you needed to store extra energy. So you can't expect it just to want to give up all that extra without a little freak out, without a little adjustment. If you think about taking another job that you love and you'll have a better life, a better quality of life, but you have to take a pay cut, would you make some adjustments? to your lifestyle if you had to take a pay cut? Probably, you would probably expend fewer dollars and save a few more while you are adjusting to your new income and lifestyle. That is how your body is working. It's making some adjustments. No one avoids metabolic consequences when it comes to weight loss, but these metabolic consequences are not a bad thing unless you're unhealthy to start with metabolically, and even then it's a nuanced conversation, or an extreme approach is being used And all of these biological shifts have to happen rapidly. If they have to happen rapidly, then as soon as you start eating normally again, because no one is able to sustain extreme behavior changes for long periods of time. So you will absolutely start eating normally again. And by normally, I mean your old habits and behaviors. Your body doesn't just turn that dial all the way back up and say, we're good. Everything's normal. It's all fine. You've already had those adaptations. And then when you eat more energy, it stays down and creeps back up slowly. And so when you start eating more than you were when you were dieting, and you will start eating more because your appetite is going to be increased as a result of that extreme behavior, you'll regain the weight at a faster pace than you lost it. And you usually gain a little bit of extra because you haven't come back into homeostasis yet. That has more health consequences than if you had never lost weight in the first place. Going back and forth, back and forth, up and down, up and down is hard on your body and the systems that it has to regulate. So there's a reason why intentional weight loss is frowned upon in a lot of communities. Now, in contrast, if you use a reasonable approach, then you will still have the body turn the energy down a little bit, and that is expected, healthy and it will slowly tap into your stored energy. That downturn of energy needs is permanent because your body size is reducing. If you have a larger body, you need more energy to sustain it, AKA more food. If you have a smaller body, you need less energy to sustain it. And so if you're going to go from someone who is living in a larger body to someone who is in a smaller body, no matter how much smaller that may be, then over time, your energy needs will be reduced appropriately. And this is where the psychological component really comes in because we can understand that part of it logically. Smaller person needs less food. Most of the time, depending on energy needs, right? There are other factors other than just your body weight and your body size. 
has to do with how much energy you expend every day, how much you move, non-exercise activity, thermogenesis, all the things. But in general, the smaller you are, the less you need to a degree. But because you got used to filling your plate up with a certain amount of food, and then you don't do that anymore, your mind is going to go into scarcity and say you're not having enough. If your energy needs are being met and your needs for nutrition are being met, but you just desire to eat more, it can feel really hard not to add a second serving or continue to eat, even though your body has communicated it has had enough. And this is all about habits. You have a habit of cleaning your plate. You have a habit of eating food that is offered to you. You have a habit of thinking about the amount of food that is served being the amount that you're supposed to have regardless of the size of plate or portion. You have a habit of celebrating every event and occasion with food, which is fine, except you don't consider whether or not you're actually hungry or how much you really want to be having as far as a pleasurable experience goes. And so if you feel like you have to avoid eating as much as you emotionally want, then you start feeling deprived and restricted and obsessed with food. You have a habit of glorifying certain foods and villainizing others. You have habits around what you eat, when you eat, how much you eat, and why you're eating those things. And even though you might not be thinking about all of these things consciously, your brain has them stored. And that means that when you try to change something, it will send off alarm bells in your brain saying, this is different. This isn't like you. It might be bad. We should probably run away from it. So your job becomes learning how to fuel your body get the pleasure from the food that you're eating and manage your psychology when desire comes up so that you don't get into the mindset of deprivation and restriction and obsession. And when you stall in your weight loss, your job is to be calm and look at your behavior like a scientist. You may not need to change anything and just wait while your body goes through the internal changes that it needs to go through before it's ready to give up more of your stored energy. It requires patience. You may have to be willing to change a few little things about your behavior to get things going again. You may have to take a look at what you're currently doing and see if you can do a little more or a little less of a few of these things. I know this is all really challenging to do on your own, especially if you don't have all of the information and the expertise. And I will plug coaching for that very reason. It is a shortcut. It makes things a lot easier and faster to get through when you have somebody asking you the right questions and guiding you on your journey. But Regardless, you don't have to freak out, restrict harder, move a whole bunch more or say, fuck it, this doesn't work and then eat your face off. And the same thing goes for when you have what you would classify as a slip up. Instead of thinking that you screwed up, you can just ask yourself questions about what led to the behavior in a non-judgmental way. Are you restricting too hard? Did you take steps you weren't emotionally or physically ready for? Did something happen in your day-to-day -day life? Did your stress level or sleep habits change? Were you thinking different thoughts about the food that you're currently eating or that you think you shouldn't or should be eating? And how did that impact your behavior? Because when you know more about what you're doing and why you're doing it, then you know what problems to solve. Intentional weight loss isn't a pass or fail game. It's a journey. It isn't supposed to be fast or easy like the diet industry makes you think it is. And it doesn't require extreme changes, especially not all at once. My clients will tell you I am a huge fan of the least amount of effort for the maximum amount of results. It's much more comfortable for your body to make permanent changes when you're not trying to freak it out all the time. This is not about the food. You may want to make some different food decisions, but not because there are special foods out there that help weight loss or prevent it. 
you may want to make some different decisions because when you sit down to feed your body, you notice when you have more energy or less. You notice when you feel bloated or sick. You realize that you only need a certain amount of food each day, and some foods allow you to stay satisfied for longer periods of time than others do. But that doesn't mean cutting out your favorite foods or using them as cheats or special treats. That defeats the purpose. Instead, become intentional because you have the right mindset around the decisions you're making. It's no secret that binge eating is always rooted in restriction and that binge eating can become a habit. So in order to stop binge eating and overeating and the habit of obsessing and yo-yo dieting, we have to avoid the kind of restriction that sets us up to fail. That doesn't mean never telling yourself no, because then if you do, you'll end up binge eating. That's the all or nothing thinking that is going to screw you. You can't be afraid to talk to yourself and say no from a loving place and say yes from love too. It just means that intentional weight loss is not impossible. There's nothing magical about it. And it's more nuanced and complex than just changing the way you eat. Weight loss requires you to make changes to your habits and behaviors, sure. But as a result of the changes you make to your thoughts and your feelings, it means becoming a scientist. It means being patient, loving, and kind to your body. Because if you make changes out of desperation, then you will make the changes that are rooted in the desire to feel differently as soon as possible. And those changes won't stick because they'll suck. Those changes will be unsustainable and will create an environment where you have all those consequences of your biology we talked about and your psychology, those ones that make dieting a big failure. There's a saying, where the mind goes, the body follows. This is true. Not in the say affirmations in the mirror every day and hope the weight magically falls off your body true. But it's true in that if you're willing to look at your thoughts, work with your mind, change your beliefs, and create small shifts based on how your body feels, small, patient shifts over time, then you will be successful. Because the changes that you make are coming from the desire to show up differently for yourself and not the desire to save yourself from feeling bad about where you are or who you are right now. We don't give kindergartners college-level calculus for a reason. Everybody has to start where they are and build a base of knowledge in order to build on it in a sustainable way. Think about how it would feel if you could never lose another pound, if you could never change your body, but you had all the other consequences and results of the way that you feed it. How would you want to eat then? How would you want to care for yourself then? Through that lens, you can make decisions that help support your body. And body diversity is a thing. The diet industry has taught you that you are someone who absolutely, with no question, can be super duper lean with no consequences, and it will be absolutely fine, and you can get abs, and you can get anything that you want, and anybody could be a size two if they're just disciplined enough to do it. Bullshit. Body diversity is a thing. And one of these days, I'll do an episode talking about how you know that you're in a size that is healthy for you. But for now, I just want you to start thinking about that question. If I could never lose another pound, if weight loss was impossible, if I had what I had, how would I want to show up for me? How would I want to be taking care of myself? How would I want to be feeding myself? How would I want to move my body? If no one gave a shit about what anybody else looked like, but it was all based on how we felt, what would I be doing differently? 
that's a compass I can get behind when it comes to being guided on the decisions I make. Next week, I'm taking a break from talking about intentional weight loss and visiting with my friend and co-coach in the Unstuffed program, Lara Calari. We are going to chat all about body image and whether or not wearing makeup is a body image issue. So if you are listening to this episode thinking, wow, how do I get out of the cycle of desperation to change so that I can be one of these people that can invite a patient and loving process when I hate my body? you don't want to skip the body image episodes. There is a reason why everyone in the Unstuffed Group Coaching Program goes through my unfiltered body image course. We go really hard on working on the relationship you have with your body as it is today. You have got to figure out how to take the pressure off of your body to look a certain way before you can allow yourself to love it or accept it or be happy in it. Because it's that pressure to feel differently in your skin that creates the environment for unsustainable changes that lead to frustration and quitting and all the biological and psychological things we talked about today. It all starts with your relationship with you. And if you want more on that, go back a few episodes. I talked all about your most important relationship in weight loss and make sure you give that episode a listen. All right. That is all I have for you today. Do not forget to drop into the show notes, click that link and take the quiz. You won't regret taking just a few minutes to learn more about what changes you can make that are easier for you and for your life and overcoming this relationship with food thing that holds you back from feeling good. If you love this episode, do the cool thing and support the show by leaving a rating and review. It helps me so much more than you know. Screenshot the episode and share it on social media. Let me know what action are you committed to taking and tag me. All of my information is in the show notes. If you have questions or thoughts on this episode, it is for future episodes, or you want to learn about how we can work together one-on-one or join one of the group programs, drop into my inbox. It's always open for you. Bye. Bye.